to the Amity Podcast. We're a husband and wife striving for Amity. We're sitting down and talking through ministry life, theology, books, and family. I'm Lauren. And I'm Jono. And this feels extremely weird and also really nice because it's been a long time coming. Absolutely. What does Amity mean again? Now you're putting me on the spot. Can I remember? <laughs> it's like it's friendship between it's friendship yes. between countries. So. Yeah. Well, not it's, and kind of people mutual involved. parties. Yeah, yeah. So you're asking me definitions when I've told you today that I'm brain dead when it comes to I'm brain dead as well. Definitions so. and names. <laughs> so we wanted to just recap a few. A few things like it's just actually wound up being nine months, and that's nine months since our last episode. Yeah, not at all the break we thought we were taking. No, we and thought we would be back a lot sooner. But you know, here we are, and we'll, we'll do some we'll do some recapping and some discussing, and um, we're just deciding tonight as to like what the future of the podcast looks like. We definitely want to get back into it. What what are we thinking on? Yeah, I have realized with the way our life is right now and because we've added a baby and new baby into the mix that it's hard for me to say like for the next many months or a year that we're just going to keep rolling episodes out every single week. So we thought we would do some mini series or many seasons, not sure what we're going to call them yet. And that'll be kind of three to four episodes revolving around a theme or a topic. Um, and then interspersed with some book reviews, books that we've been reading over the last <laughs> nine months. We've got a, yeah. quite a few books in there. <laughs> yeah. So I think that'll be good. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It just means that we can then kind of batch record a little bit if we get more time rather than having to say well we're going to put out or we're going to have to sit down and record every single week because we don't always have that time totally totally so we'll just do a little bit of a recap and uh and then we're going to discuss a little bit about ministry in covid and specifically probably the last four and a half months in new zealand Mm. but uh yeah you mentioned a baby. What what happened there? <laughs> yep, we had our fourth. I always I want to say fourth or fifth, yeah. <laughs> fourth baby here on Earth with us. Um, born in January, baby boy Leo Shepherd. He's now twelve weeks today, so he's doing really well. And we managed to, to pick a name that we both liked and I, I find it has theological significance and like it's just something that I, I like and Lauren doesn't necessarily care for it that much but I don't um, care for the theological significance I like the name Leo Lion Shepherd and yeah. you know you've got Genesis 49 I think is one of the most important chapters in the Bible and it's Jacob starts blessing his sons and obviously starts blessing the tribes. Uh, because, you know, he's Israel and his sons are the become the tribes of Israel. And it's Judah is a lion's cub and, and he is the shepherd. And so you've got this lion who is the shepherd and it's pointing forward to the Messiah. And I think because you're a pastor, people expect you to have that reason behind the name. Whereas I'm the one that brought forward the name because I like the name. <laughs> and, 
Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? It's good. Uh, it's got meaning and it, and it has... And our other sound. options weren't particularly biblical or anything, <laughs> so whatever, you know? Well, none of our other kids yeah, really fit exactly. that vein. We're no good. jacks in the Bible. There's jacks and beanstalks. <laughs> anyway, so even before that, he was he was born in 2022, but the, our last podcast was the end of July 2021. That's crazy. And right after that, in August 2021, uh, New Zealand went back into um, a level four lockdown um, quite suddenly. And due to due to the due to one Delta, ca- it was Delta initially. One case of Delta yeah. seven hours away, and it's, yeah. it's so hard to explain this to Americans because. Yeah, our, our the whole motto of the country was like just keep COVID out of the country. Period. Yeah. That COVID was not allowed to exist. Therefore, we're not going to get into the politics of it because everyone is completely exhausted about that. Okay, mm-hmm. but needless to say, I think that was the start of why we didn't get back into podcasting as soon as we thought we might. Like for me, and I think for a lot of people, I just found. Each time we've done that intense lockdown, as much as it's fine staying home, like we like our home, we like our kids, we homeschool, we homestead, like we're used to being at home. There's still a massive amount of stress that comes with it. And for me, that means like I find it hard to focus and I find it hard to start, I don't know, having these deep conversations with you. And so we kind of just kept putting it off. You wanted to podcast quite a bit. And I was the one that was like, no, no, no. Um, and then all of a sudden it was the end of the year. And we were still dealing with COVID. Mm-hmm. And we were burnt out and just crying for a break, basically. And I basically wound up like getting one week off. And then we had a baby. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, we had a bit of a, we had some time off. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was we had a little bit of time on Christmas. We had some time over yeah, New Year's. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. Like, and I feel, I feel a bit better. And you had, technically you had a lot of time off work, but we didn't have a lot of that time before the baby came. Right. So it wasn't like a holiday. It was, you were home for the baby for a long paternity leave. Which yeah. was lovely. It was nice. And I, I kind of got my first rest in, like, years, it feels. Um, yeah. So, that was good. Was it? Don't. <laughs> was it, though? <laughs> it was nice. It was, it, was nice. it was nice. There was a sweetness. I think there's always a sweetness when we get that time as a family and adding a new baby in. It was good. Maybe we'll... T- I think we'll talk more. It's definitely something I want to talk about more in the future, maybe in a mini-series. Um just kind of more in that break i i didn't want to stop the break i didn't mm-hmm. want to come back to ministry i wasn't ready and i've been working through that ever since and you're you're doing significantly less as well than you had been yeah we have a lovely admin now for our church who has helped both of us a lot by taking work off our plate which is great um but yeah, I think we'll talk about that more in the future because we could spend a long time just talking through those things. But talking about COVID and how it's related to the church, um, I am an avid podcast listener. So I've listened to a lot of um, pastors, wives, and ministry couples in different parts of the world talking about these issues. 
And for me, I always find comfort in the fact that, like, wow, they've gone through a lot of the same things in their own context. And it's like, hooray, we're not the only ones going through this. But at the same time, that doesn't make it easier. No. It's it's been really really odd, you know, and I mean I I think it's it's difficult to explain it to to people. Like I'm like am am I grateful for the fact that we've not had a death rate like many other countries? Absolutely, mm-hmm. and I I I just don't want to say it. like you won't hear me deny that the pandemic is real and the original strain in Delta were particularly you know like definitely weren't good things um but like new zealand had this like we're number one in the world for keeping it out Mm -hmm. and then when we got the omicron strain it was like we quickly became the last the last country in the world to get get our stuff together (laughs) yeah and 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 like we, we we've literally had like the highest per capita rate of spread you know, the last few weeks. So that's... Right. And so we're kind of just coming to the end of our peak. And so that's just been wild. You know Still what I mean? Still with a very, very low death rate. Uh, just sure, spread. Sure. Yeah. But, but it's been... It's, it's been it's been crazy. You know, like number one at keeping mm-hmm. it out. And then we're like number one at spreading it basically. Um, but, you know, thankfully a less deadly variant. Even though a lot more transmissible. Um, so it's just, it's been, it's been really interesting because we've like gotten to a year and a half, two years into this. We're absolutely tired. Like people are just tired of it. They're over it. There's all these Mm. massive dramas of vaccination and, Mm -hmm. and things of that nature. And then bang, then we finally get COVID and people crying out, like, can you end the restrictions and the restrictions? Like. Once we've actually finally got the stuff spreading in the, the community. So, ministry-wise, though, it's not being fun. I looked, and it's it's just this, like, stress that I keep finding coming back. Like, and it's like, I'm like, what I'm being required to do is not that bad. But it's like, there'd be, like, a press conference. Something will change. Mm-hmm. And then you have to think through... You have to like think through mm-hmm. what 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 that means for our church, yeah. And then you have to communicate that to the church, right? Because there's always confusion involved. There's always confusion, and then like yeah. more and more and more as we got to like the end of last year, people were just sick and tired of it. And I, I I have I don't have the exact figure in front of me, but like I worked out, it was like it was something like seventeen different changes that we had to do. That we went through. Mm-hmm. And it's because it would be like level 4, level 3, yeah. level 2, two. level 2.5, yeah. yeah. level 2 changes again. And then we go to the traffic Le- light, which yeah. is different. Yeah. Level 1, back to level 2, back to <laughs> level 4, back to level 2. And then we get the traffic light system. And that's really been the dominating... For this year. For yeah. this year. So that started on the 3rd of December. It yeah. was announced in kind of late November, um, mid-late November. And the traffic light system essentially was set up to deal with Delta. And it was set up in such a way to um, really push towards vaccination. 
That's what they said. So if you were vaccinated, you got a lot of you got a lot of freedoms. Like normally, the system was built on using vaccination passes, and those people that had the passes had more freedom than if you didn't have a vaccination. You you basically got promised normal life without going into all of that too much. Okay, that then if you did not have the pass, meant you either couldn't go places. Or there, if you were a business that were not using that past system, you were had a severe handicap with the amount of people you were allowed in your building. Totally. And it's, it's, it's been wild to explain this to Americans and Australians and, and, and people. Even though that they, they had passes, but like Sydney, for example, had passes for five weeks. And yeah. numerous, numerous people said after two weeks they just stopped using them. It's been a lot more like Canada, actually. Yeah, so we're we're like twenty two weeks in, and they've just dropped off this week. Um, Thank the Lord. And it's yeah, it's it's had a huge huge impact on on ministry, and I would say that I think for me, late November, the day this is announced, I was just I genuinely started grieving. Like it's it's true. Like because I knew what a massive impossible sort of shift this would be for 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 our church and how yeah it would forever change us and I look back in hindsight and be like there was a lot of truth to that feeling that I had so so let's talk like just base numbers we were a church of we had been growing to about 120 one thirty, on a Sunday morning. Yes. Yes. To, but but total people kind of tied to the church one sixty one seventy or so. Because we had an evening, a yeah, very well. small evening service. But yeah, let's say on a Sunday morning, one thirty ish. You're counting children, yeah. Yeah. big children, yeah. <laughs> in that mix. Okay, mm-hmm. so you've got that many people. If we had been using, if we were going to use vaccine passes, we would be allowed one hundred. In a plus, service. Yeah, plus, plus volunteers. The, plus yeah, workers, your... volunteers. Without using passes, what were we allowed? Initially, they announced it as 10, and then the very next week, they changed it to 25. Yeah. So that basically meant about 35 people. Right, including, yeah. Yeah, including. So if you're thinking sound and preaching and music and whatever. Yeah. So. So, and that's in your auditorium. Didn't matter how big your auditorium was, your room, didn't matter. Yeah. 35 people, tops, about 30, you know, mm-hmm. depending on how strict you, mm-hmm. you, you dealt with it, versus, you know, over 100. So that's December. And we were expecting Delta to, like, come through in December and just really take over, and it just didn't. Nope. It just fizzled. <laughs> it, it, it kind of fizzled, like, Three people got it mm-hmm. now. City, like, yeah, um, ninety thousand people, and it just it just stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the the Omicron outbreak came through, and then next thing you know, everyone and their dogs. Well, that's it. only been in the last Few six weeks, weeks yeah. four weeks. <laughs> yeah. So we had several months where it really felt like there's no one getting COVID in our area. 
like at all. Every now and then you'd be like, oh, this one person in this near town I, has it and nothing happened. No, no spread. And it's great. Again, like talking, like you've said, talking to Americans. Yes, New Zealand keeps track or had been before Omicron keeping track of every single case. So you literally, you were getting news that there was one case in this one county. Okay. That's how small this country is. Yeah. And there was no rapid test or anything. So the only nope. way you could get tested was through a government accredited testing center. Get it. PCR yeah. test down the nose. Yeah. Central laboratory. And it got reported in the newspapers. Um, and so we, we've got these we've got these sort of restrictions coming through. And then you've got the church. And you've got people in the church that are now like tired of it after ATN tests. Yeah. 20 months of... Right, previous things. Of, yeah. I mean, we had a nice little stretch where, like, it's everyone else was dealing normal. with... <laughs> yeah, everyone yeah. else in the world was dealing with COVID, and, you know, our we borders were shut, but we didn't have COVID, and yeah. it was it was really nice for, and you know, for, mm-hmm. for the most part. But, but in the church, you start, you know, you've had people saying we can take this very seriously because they're talking about hundreds of thousands of people dying overseas and then you got people saying like look at John MacArthur over there look what they're doing look at these people it's we need to stand up like any restrictions are ungodly and unbiblical you know and you've just got that whole thing going on mm-hmm. and you've just got this massive level of polarization yeah. in, 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 in the church and everywhere but everywhere, especially sure. in the church yeah. in, 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 the, in the church and mm-hmm. um and then when we got to having passes, that's when it like it just everything went on steroids. You know the division yeah. that it because mm. well, it really it it affected us in a completely new way. Like mm. you could not escape it. It's not like you could just not talk about politics, which was already hard enough mm-hmm. with the climate that we're in. But it was like, no, now we have to make the decision, or you had to make the decision, as one of the elders. And if you did not use a vaccination pass, you were not allowed to go to a cafe, a restaurant, a bar. The library. The library. Like, it was like you couldn't go to a lot of places. You could go to the supermarket, you could go to the doctor. Um, yeah. And you've got people defending that, and then you've got people. Mm. And one of the one of the defenses was the transmissibility, you know. Um, and does getting vaccinated stop you from transmitting? And under Delta, there was a level of which you could defend that, but when by the time you got to Omicron, like it just became a lot less mm-hmm. defensible. And uh, what did we decide as church? No passes. Like, we're not doing it. Mm. And when we said we weren't doing passes, that meant we would have a lot less people. So we decided that we were going to, like, you know, seek to keep the gathering limits. And, like, for the most part, I completely stand by that decision. I think we, on the whole, made the right decision. Mm-hmm. But it's just wild to me how frustratingly impossible it was to keep everyone happy. Like, it yeah. was just... 
And I think one of the difficulties that I, I, I really felt was there was no time limit on it. It wasn't like, so like people in Melbourne got told, mm-hmm. you, you're going to do that. We're going to do this for three weeks and right. we're going to get to this percentage vaccinated and then we're going to drop the passes. For us, it was just like, here's the deal. And then we got told this may be for about six months. And so we actually only got to about four and a half months with it. Wow, pretty close. <laughs> um, but we got told six months. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, that changed so much, you know. Um, mm-hmm. It's hard. I mean, I'm honestly, this conversation itself is stressing me out. You're frustrated. I'm really I, I frustrated. I can tell you're yeah. not enjoying it at all. But it's just like it's talking through what's been. Totally. But it's I'm trying to do it in such. I'm so tired of the arguments and the just you're on one side or the other. That I'm trying, like, I want to be able to have the conversation and not have to go into to the health stuff and not have to go into the politics. But it's just, that's what's made this whole thing so hard is that it is also intertwined. And, like, bringing that into the church makes it really hard. And if I'm feeling this way, then everyone else is feeling this way, too. Um, but by making that decision to stick to the... So to not use passes, which makes a lot of people happy because they're like, hooray, you're not discriminating on the, vac- the basis of vaccination, um, applauding you for that, applauding the elders for that. But then uh, some of those people that then applaud you for that want to say, well, then don't keep to the limits. Like go so pull down like- that side and just don't listen to the government at all. So you shouldn't be keeping the limits because the limits are dumb. Yeah. And I don't think the limits, you know, I mean, they, the government, here's the thing. The government basically admitted under Omicron that, like, it didn't do anything. This is not fair. <laughs> like, this isn't fair. The health, like, the health has changed. You know what I mean? Like, it, the whole setup was for the Delta strain. Oh. That's why less people without passes, etc., etc., etc. But so people were saying like, "This is unfair. This isn't right, etc." And I'm like, "What I think doesn't actually matter." You know, I I can like I can mm-hmm. agree with you, but then you've got people in the church saying like, "We need to submit. We need to we need to mm-hmm. do this." And then you got people saying like, "No, no, no, actually." We could have a hundred people. <laughs> we can have a hundred people, just do passes. And then you've got people saying like, actually, I'd rather be with a hundred people with vax passes than 25 people without. Separated, sitting in a massive yeah. auditorium, not close to each other at all. And <laughs> it, yeah. it's honestly, it's just, it's, it's, it's been immensely discouraging, mm. uh, immensely discouraging for so many reasons mm. from and I I think I think for me it's a benefit of hindsight I don't mm. think we would have done much differently mm. but something that I would have done was written like a very like we, we basically wrote one email and it was kind of like basically a paragraph of like we don't want to segregate we don't want to we want to find our unity in Christ, not vaccination status. We don't want to close the doors. We don't want to show partiality. Yeah. Um, and 
I think there's a level of like we're not convinced on the health side that this is like fundamentally necessary. Right. You know, um, especially since we've got we've got to accept less. Mm-hmm. But I I do think you know looking back we should have written like a very full position paper as to why and and that's the thing like people by by this point and people had zero interest in reading stuff like that. <laughs> Well, when you have to send out long emails every Friday telling you what's going to happen on Sunday, you get tired of the emails. Totally. And I mean, I, mean, I think just the, the fatigue of all of this, I, yeah. I, I worked out, it was, it was something like 15 different changes mm-hmm. that we had to like announce to the, to, the, to the church, you know. And it was just absolutely exhausting. People are over it, you know. Yeah. Um, I've still got people who aren't sure this week what time church is. Um, <laughs> well, like, we've had nine, nine fifteen. I mean, not all in one day, but I'm saying the difference. We've had nine service, nine o'clock service, nine fifteen, ten, eleven, twelve, five p.m., ten thirty, ten thirty. So yeah, I don't. We did blame a ten forty, and we did ten forty-five one week as well. Oh. It's just like that's just shocking. <laughs> Um, so there's all of those in there. I understand why people are confused. Yeah. So I, I, I found it, I found it incredibly discouraging. Um, and then I'm on leave. Got to understand, like I'm on leave for something like four or five Sundays in this as well. Um, we were there for you some of it. You were on leave. I, wa- I wa- was on leave sort of January. So yeah. this kicks in on the 3rd of December. Yeah. We're going to work that out. And yeah. then kind of end of December, I go on leave. Yeah. Uh, I do wind up preaching in January, mm-hmm. um, but we decided it didn't. We didn't need to stress too much about it over that holiday period because in New Zealand, mm-hmm. everything kind of shuts down. People go on vacation, go away camping. Weather's great, mm-hmm. so we don't usually even have as many people mm-hmm. in our building. Yeah. So we didn't need to automatically stress about doing a million services to try to get through all our people right but, away. But very, very quickly. Yeah. Wound up doing three and then wound up doing four and then kind of yeah. oscillated between four and three. Um, and that's with an overflow room as well, which sort of got used and then sometimes didn't because we didn't love it. Um, but we did, we did these multiple services and committed ourselves to that. Um, and I just, like, that was hard. Like, I mean, it was a, it was a good tiring, and I, I kind of felt like I was doing a good thing when mm-hmm. I was in, involved with that. I was just, we, we, like, paired the volunteers right back. We did a lot of a cappella singing. We did, and so just made it easy on the church. Yeah. But hard on the pastors kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And I don't regret that. I think it was... I felt like it was fair. Um, I felt like it was good. Um, but, yeah, it was... The amount of, like, sort of criticism and complaint and boycott that we got, I think, was just... I found incredibly discouraging because... I I, I think one of the things that surprised me the most, I felt... And I'm, I'm not saying this whole like for everyone 
but I felt like the people that were most thankful for our decision not to use passes and to do multiple good amount of services were vaccinated. Like, mm-hmm. there, there, there were some, but it was like, there were people like, hey, thank you for trying to hold everyone together here. Hmm. And that kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, and I and I think there's this kind of this other pressure that's going on there where you've just got people that maybe aren't vaccinated, very frustrated and feeling very let down. So any form by the government and people start losing jobs and, and whatnot. So therefore, like any form of submissiveness, so to speak, um was deemed as, or maybe felt as, you're just giving it to tyrants, you know? Hmm. And I think that was, that was hard on one side. Hmm. I think, like, to, to get a couple of things off my chest, I mean, I think the doing multiple services... The church was one of the things that behind our decision was, I think we, it was a deliberate decision to make ourselves uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like we're going to make ourselves uncomfortable for the sake of holding people together, uh, for sake of not showing partiality at the door. Mm -hmm. And I think there's, there's an element of like first Peter two, it was like this unjust suffering kind of aspect it's got to be in your bible you know and i think ultimately like it's submissiveness submissiveness to god so you're submitting to to government and even imperfectly but you're ultimately doing it out of submission to god so it's not the character necessarily necessarily the cabinet or the prime minister that ultimately matters it's the character of god and so you're submitting to to them and I think a lot of Christians get the especially in sort of conservative circles they get this feeling of just wanting to wanting to push back and I understand that like I, I I've got that impulse within me I, I will not deny it um, if you want to think of me as a coward it's just like no I've got a strong spine um, I, I genuinely do mm-hmm. but I think there's we got to understand that something of the aesthetics, just so to speak, of the Christian life is that we're not picking up a sword. Mm-hmm. We're called to carry a cross. And that was the pattern that Jesus gave. Uh, and so I think a lot of Christians want the church to be leading the forefront mm-hmm. in every social issue, mm-hmm. in every social sort of pushback. Mm-hmm. And I think... I'm looking at like the hospitality industry and I'm looking at all these other things that are, that are struggling as well with restrictions. I don't necessarily feel like it was the church's job to come out and say, no, 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 we're, we're, not, doing, we're not dealing with this because we, we, we were not getting singled out. No. Um, no, it was not a crusade against churches. Yeah. I don't agree with a lot of the policies and the actions, but it was meted out on a wide range of businesses and gatherings and people, not just the church. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And I would say along just to kind of back up or maybe even summarize a little bit, like the two two things with this are one as an eldership and specifically you and our other pastor Jamie. You made this decision, but it wasn't just you're making a decision. You decided and you kind of alluded to it, but you were bearing the weight of that. Like you were bearing the workload. You were saying we're making this decision and it's going to be us that get tired out. It's going to be us that figure this out for services every week Mm -hmm. and do that work, you know? And that was certainly part of it. And I think that also kind of was meant to stop some of the arguing against it, Mm -hmm. you know, to say we're not then putting that burden on everyone else to do music four times a Sunday or sound or whatever, you know, or children's church. Like we paired everything way, way back so that it was genuinely doable. Yeah. Um, We we printed. Yeah. Printed paper liturgies. We weren't using projection, like we sang acapella, all those kind of things. Um, And then I think another aspect of this and kind of what we're talking about is Finding the the part of the weight of being a leader in ministry is differentiating your own beliefs and then how that works as a leader. You don't get the luxury when you're the leader of giving into every one of your personal preferences or your personal political beliefs or medical beliefs or you know whatever it might be you're holding intention the things that you feel personally you would like to do or how you would like to be then with but I have also these 130 people to love and care for and try to unite you know, so what Jono would do as an individual off by himself somewhere dealing with all of these same restrictions might be somewhat different totally. than what Jono, the pastor of Christ Sanctuary, is doing as a leader seeking to love and care for all these people and be an example for them as well. Sure. I find that hard. Yeah. Because... I mean, we're both very opinionated people and our opinions aren't even the same on some of this, you know, but it's, there's a difference. And I think for so long, we had the luxury of just being able to say like, eh, I don't really want to talk about politics at church because it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really affect us. We can be friends and we don't have to deal with all these other things. But COVID has just brought every little way that we could possibly disagree with each other as a church and just plop that in there and just been like, here's all the ways that you're different. Here's all the things that you, you know, think they're differently and how annoying that is and like how you choose to do different things. Now go be a happy family together. It's hard. you've, You've got this cultural moment of sort of othering you know, yeah. as well. You know, and I mean. the stress that everyone's under because of all of this. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and so it, it all adds up that it's 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 ugly. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a little bit surprised at some of the things that happened. Um, and but I I did I held I feel like I held strongly to the fact that you know you 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 try and represent a people you know. Um, but I. If I'm frustrated at the government, I think I'm frustrated at the fact that there was just impossible, just the impossibility of building bridges with everyone. And I think to a degree I kind of gave up, you know what I mean, like to, in, 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 in certain areas. And it's probably conversations I should have had with people that I just didn't have because mm. I'm just kind of like, I'm just tired of this. I'm so over this mm. and I cannot make you happy. I mm. cannot, like, you do not care about the same thing that I care about and I mm. think we should prioritize. Mm. Um, and maybe that's been somewhat of a helpful but very stressful lesson to learn. Yeah. And and I would sum it up like I kind of I kind of journaled this the other night mm-hmm. and I I don't you know me I don't journal <laughs> yeah. okay, um, but like I journaled this the other night mm-hmm. and I was like, we have lost people mm-hmm. and are going to lose people, mm-hmm. and if we sum up the reasons, they're completely opposite. So we're losing people right. for complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Right. So, we haven't managed to displease only one yeah. side. <laughs> so it's the you didn't take the pandemic seriously enough. You didn't, yeah. you know, you should have done passes. You should have done this. You didn't yeah. care about my safety. You didn't like the absolutely that side. And then there, you're a coward. You gave into this. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you didn't stand up. You didn't, you weren't my voice, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you didn't care enough that I lost my job or, you know, mm-hmm. etc. Um, you didn't stand up against the death jab hard enough, you know, whatever. Um, rolling my eyes at me. No one said that to me, but, uh, no one said that last bit to me, but you know what I mean? But it's just that kind of complete opposite ends. And I think that's, that's, that's hard, you know. And some people would look at that and just justify it. Like if you're if you're annoying people on both sides, it shows you're probably right. But I I I think there's some truth to that. But I also think there's just not as well. Like it just sucks, you know. Mm. Um, I know of one church that hasn't lost people. Mm. One, and they're just they're a bit smaller. And if we did what they did, we probably would have lost more people. <laughs> <laughs> So I think that cracks me up too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think on the 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 other side is, you know, the decision not to use passes. Mm-hmm. I had a vax pass. I got vaccinated. I had the ability to have a pass and you needed that pass to eat out. You needed that pass to go to the pub. You needed that pass to go to a number of places and lots of churches. The majority of churches used passes and majority of churches in our town, in our town. Yeah. And it, it, to some extent it made sense because you're looking at it and you're like, 
100 people like that. Right. At least we can get most of our people in. Yeah, exactly. You know, a, a, a very big church in New Zealand is four or 500 people. It's not. Yeah, we don't four, usually. Four, five, have... 600. Like, that's. You don't really get much bigger than that. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of people did that and a lot of churches did that and so i had a i had a pass and i never used it until this last week when i just refused and i i got to use it i needed to use it to go to the hospice yeah and just the best use for it it was the absolute best justified use of a pass ever mm. um so i'm grateful I'm grateful for that, and you know, I was frustrated that I had to use it because I was planning to not use it. <laughs> but I, I was like, I didn't think twice about about doing it though, yeah. uh, in that circumstance. And I think for me, people would say like, "Well, we could have more people if we did this." Mm-hmm. Um, and Jono, you've got one; you, you could do it. And really, for me, and some pe- some people just looked at this and they didn't think take it too strongly you know they they kind of just said like well just for a season just for a time you know whatever it'll make things easier the government wants it you know whatever when you just submit to them mm-hmm. and i think for me i was like it was completely untenable like i i genuinely mean that like i would rather resign than use it and i and i, and I mean that i would and so they'll say like well Think about how much easier it is. I said, I would rather do eight services on a Sunday than use it. And like, and I, I say this with not joking at all. I would do that. Mm-hmm. I think nothing of it. I don't, it doesn't bother me. I already have gone through leaving for church at 745 in the morning and coming home at nine o'clock at night, you mm-hmm. know, and just being gone for 13, 14 hours on a Sunday. Like, I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I will do it. Um, and so I think, I think, you know, you people would, people think I'm crazy for saying that, but I, I would rather resign than use passes. And I think for me, that was, that's difficult to, to get across and people that people on the maybe on the unvaccinated or the anti pass side would look at that and say, Well, hey, you, you went along with the gathering limits and, and stuff like that and I was like, they find they might find it hard to believe that I feel so strongly about it, but it's true, I do. Mm-hmm. And I make no apologies. And I I think something that I found, like, just discouraging, like, the last two weeks, like, there was a a press conference and they said, like, hey, we're basically dialing back the passes, we're dialing back the mandates, and that 100 limit's gone to 200, and then they said in, I think it was 12 days' time, we're getting rid of the passes, so that essentially that 25 limit becomes 200 they this, didn't is, talk, this they, was the end of march yeah, mid this, to end of march this announcement came out yeah. saying that we're looking to yeah end the passes and in the meantime the vax pass limit has gone from 100 to 200 yeah and outdoors it's gone from 
100 to, to unlimited. Unlimited. But for us, it was always 25 outdoors as well. There was no distinction. Yeah. If you weren't using passes, your limit was your limit yeah. was 25. So that's not really practical in New Zealand where it's just raining all the time and whatnot. But we decided the last two weeks, thankfully, we had good weather. We met outdoors. Um, for, right, but for the two kicker Sundays. in that was them saying, if you're using passes, you can now have 200 for two weeks until the passes are gone. Mm. If you're not using passes, you still have to stay to 25. Yeah, that wasn't even in the press conference. It just went up. No. So the differentiation between using 25 and 100, now 25 to 200, was a little crazy. So, so we, we thankfully had a good option to yeah. have a park that had kind of theater-type seating. Mm. And the weather was great. And so we got to have two Sundays of that with enough spacing that we could deal with all of that and um and we did a five o'clock indoors the first week as well for for those that couldn't make it and and so all of a sudden like i had you know i would i when we were doing four services i would make one or two of those services depending on what was happening and seeing you know 25 people 30 people at a time maybe you're catching people through the hallway as they're leaving from the previous service and you're headed into the next one and then now all of a sudden outdoors it was like whoa yeah (laughs) getting to see over 100 people or around 100 people was amazing yeah and that was it was like simultaneously so encouraging and and at the same time, like, discouraging, because then you're, like, you still got this, like, pushback of, like, well, hey, it's illegal doing this outdoors. It wasn't, like, we did it. And, or then, like, and then even on the other side, like, what's this Mickey Mouse nonsense, like, that you're doing here? You know, you're just not meeting in a building. You should just buck up and meet, you know, meet normally. Those were not church members saying that. I understand. That was just... <laughs> Okay. Thankfully, it wasn't yeah. It wasn't I would say ninety eight percent of our members were extremely thankful and joyful to mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. more people. <laughs> totally. And be around more people. Totally, but it's still like of course still, there's still like, voices. There's is still this legal? Is this? I was like, yes. Oh, I'm just saying, like when I hear, and I know we're different in this, but. For, for you, like, those voices and opinions and stuff, they carry weight because you're making a decision. Mm. And for me, there's a hierarchy of the importance I give to the voices. Totally. totally. So, there's a lot of times I'm like, I don't actually care what you think, so. <laughs> but, I, I, guess it's, I guess it's just hard, you know, because you've now you've picked something that's supposedly incredibly safe, you know, which is outdoors, and then that's still not enough for some people, yeah. you know. So the really the theme of this podcast is just you're not good enough, Donna. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so this Sunday we are heading back oh into one morning service in our building. Mm-hmm. And it was incredibly therapeutic for me to set up the chairs with a couple is of that you guys. Pretty much for the first time since we recorded our last podcast almost. Yeah, I mean that we've I think we were able to have one over January sometime when there was, like, no one there. Or December. There was one week in the summer where there was hardly anyone there. 
mm-hmm. that we weren't there, <laughs> that mm-hmm. there was one service. But pretty much since August, because lockdown started in August, and our last podcast was the end of July, mm. well, we, we have not just had one service. We never, we, well, we, there was, there was, yeah, it was one morning, one afternoon, and they were the same, so. Right. Yeah. So that's just crazy. So I'm looking forward to that. I am too. And we don't have to sing acapella anymore. And I'm really excited about that. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> no, it's just night. Like, there's, yeah. it's acapella with 25 people in the room as well. Like, it's been small, yeah. you know? So to have a to have a band, to have more variety in the songs, to have 120 people singing together. Well, we have no clue. You know, we have no clue how many people are going to show up. That's going to be interesting. So. Lots. 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 And then we're going to plant a church, maybe. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then I'm so excited, though, because we're, we're shifting our 5 p.m. to fortnightly. And a beautiful little chapel on the edge of the city. Which almost no one is excited about, but I am. And, uh, that would take a whole podcast to explain as well. But, <laughs> I'm glad uh, you're happy. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so hopefully just like being able to move on. But I mean, I, I had a I had a denomination leader message me tonight. And he just said, man, like there's just so much division. And that's going to be healed. And I mean, I've, I've heard some crazy stories about other churches. You know, like they're attendances like big churches they have a third to a quarter of their people yeah you know still attending you know what i mean like the um and that's crazy like that's that's full on and there's a bunch of people that were vaccinated they used pass like they, they had passes and everything and they're just like they refused to use passes to go to church and there's all of that being dealt with now, and so I think it's a it's a huge mess, and lots and lots of people will feel very very strongly about their position and how their church and church leaders, probably including me, have let them down, and uh, I think that sucks. Mm. That's an encouraging note. <laughs> Do you know what? Not actually. One day in Christ, we will not disagree anymore. This is true. I'm just thinking like, though, it's not about... You could take some of what we've said and just be like, well, they're just kind of complaining that they've lost people. You know, that, oh, the church is going to be smaller now. Mm. It may not be. Like, I don't think we've... Well... Right, but I'm saying it's not about the numbers. Mm. Okay? It's not about numbers. There's a relational toll. Anytime someone leaves. And there's the impossibility of holding it all together. I think that's what's frustrating. You know what I mean? It's just like... Right, but also dealing with like the way people think about each other. Mm. I think is hard. I do it too. It's, you know, 
you just automatically think and and sometimes with good reason because of the way people have responded and the hurtful things they've said Mm -hmm. that like well you're unloving you know you don't love people like i love people and look at me loving people here and thinking poorly about you in the process you know there's a lot of that and so like i'm really excited about sunday and i'm super super excited about being one service and having some sense of normal returning but there's also in the back of my head like there's a heaviness to it in that you're going to then once again be standing alongside a brother or sister who may have had that different opinion and may have voiced it in a way that hurt you or you just didn't like Mm -hmm. and you're once again reckoning with we were all enemies of God, first and foremost. And we're natural enemies of each other, really, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay? And now we're standing together again. How are we going to be working through that that hurt or the anger or that lack of love, at least? I think that's going to be some of the... The homework, the heart work that's totally. going to be coming and I, up. And, and I think for me, the thing I'm thinking about is just like the people that are like, oh, great, the church is just moving off ahead without me now. You know what I mean? Like they'll, people will feel pushed out, you know. Um, and I think that's, that's hot. Like I think some people might just need some time mm. and others are just like, you know... No, church doesn't care, you know, and I, I think that's hot. Like we, we, I think one of the things the government's done is that there's been this like almost massive whiplash of like passive segregation. This is necessary, split limits, and then now like really within twelve days it's gone from, mm. and now back to actually, you know, just just please get back, just you know, yeah, you know, and. I think it, and now all these people are quote safe again and yeah, you can do all the like, things that you could do again. Like you got to start thinking like it became less and less about science, uh, you know, the last few weeks. Um, I think it was one thing that was really crazy for me was like the first time I got into a room with 150 people and singing a song, Christian hymns and whatnot was a funeral right you know what I mean and that was this week and yeah you know it's just that was really I could really stuck with me afterwards you know mm-hmm. you know it's, it's hard to explain what I made of it and I'm still not sure mm-hmm. but it's just you know I had a couple of people say like oh man it was amazing getting to sing with a lot of people again mm-hmm. you know what I mean and I said but it's just crazy that it had to happen at a funeral you know what I mean and I right. think that's what um it's mm-hmm. something that you've been missing you know mm-hmm. you know we own these truths together and I think it's just that feeling of being feeling disconnected I'm like you know people in the church saying like I feel disconnected and I'm like hold on I'm the pastor and I feel disconnected you know what I mean I think we I was talking to one of our elders and I said like goodness like I hadn't I haven't seen you at church on a Sunday in five weeks 
Because we've been going to different services. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. Yep. And we're elders. Like, that's just, that's nuts. You know, that's not good. Right. If I didn't have a few other kind of social things throughout the week to see people or a home group or something, like, I would be seeing less people. And, yeah, there's still people that I haven't yeah. seen in months. And then, and then like, I'm in this position where, like, like and I, I know you used to figure 130, but it's more like 170. I'm like... I cannot contact everybody. Right. You know what I mean? So I do not feel connected. <laughs> yeah, you blew through your phone limits and everything your the first lockdown. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've got unlimited everything on my phone now, which is nice, you know, so. But still, the time, you can't even do it time-wise. Yeah, you can't. Like, mm-hmm. and emotion, and like emotionally, yeah, I'm totally. not like I'm feeling particularly tired, but like emotionally, I can't talk to everyone. I just, yeah. I just can't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I just realized how much a pastoring for me is like, hey, how you doing? Like, yeah, okay, I'm going to pray for you. And right. I'm good, you know? And like just doing that Sunday by Sunday. But, yeah. I mean, okay. And we're just keeping this podcast rolling along, which is fine. But I think that could be a positive that's sort of come out in that you've always pushed back against the danger of everything being connected to you as sure. one man. Sure. That's great. That's and true. home groups have thankfully been able to continue the majority of lockdown and majority of this, all of this COVID stuff and with the 25 limit, especially. And so we've had home groups, multiple home groups every week that are meeting. And I think people are really finding a lot of that connection and mm. community yeah. Of course, they're coming to church. Most of them are, but in in that like um, soul care, yep, you know, totally. getting around people, they're finding home groups, which is great. And so, just like a few more little things here and there to to do and be involved with, you know, or like talking about doing like a monthly Heidelberg Catechism super study class and stuff like that, and like it should be another thing for people to to come along to if they want to see people in a, a smaller environment. That would be good. Like, it's all I'm saying. Like, really, it's just it's just being difficult, you know. And I I I was talking on on the weekend to a guy who'd been an elder for a number of, number of years, and he was asking me some questions about what I found had, and I to, I told him some stuff, and he could not believe it. Mm-hmm. He was blown away. He said, "John, I had no, I would have no clue. I would never have guessed that." And I said, "Yeah, I mean, they don't teach you this at seminary, or Bible college. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. just like here we are, like here we are working it out." Mm-hmm. And I just think there's been an exorbitant amount of people quitting and moving on and uh, talking to an elder at another church, and he just said, like. You know, elders just quitting six to eight months in. You know, they're just like this joyless, thankless, and they just hate it. You know, I'm like, yeah, I get that. If you've started pastoral ministry within the last two years, yeah, I really feel sorry for you because yeah. you don't have the past pre-COVID to kind of look back on and gauge like, is this normal? The sun will shine again. Yeah. Yeah. And we've had hard years before COVID, totally. but still very different. And 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 then in the, in the middle of this, the last thing I probably should say before it turns into too long, but <laughs> you know, in the middle of this, the the conversion therapy bill got passed, mm-hmm. and no one's even thinking about that because they're just thinking about everything else. 
and conversion therapy people start thinking about like electroshock yeah. therapy of homosexuals and, and things of that like, a lot of sure. the horrors that have yeah, yeah. actually like, happened like i saw like oh that stuff's illegal great and i'm like yeah true sure fine like yeah. I, I i don't believe in any of that stuff either but they don't realize that within that bill yeah. if you're helping someone not give into their sexual inclinations and you're a pastor yeah. You could be prosecuted for up to three years. And what this means for me is I am now a sitting duck for someone to complain. Because I'm confident, and a lot of other pastors have said, I've done the illegal thing. It's true. I'll own it multiple times as far as that illegal right. thing is helping someone say no to their right. their bisexual, homosexual, whatever, you know, yeah. um, just walking alongside them and yeah. helping them say no because they don't think that what they're doing is, right. is scriptural and biblical. Yeah. And I'd include that for the majority of people that I do that for, heterosexual. Hmm. Yeah, totally. Exactly. But I'm like, and so I think that's like, that's just been hard for me. So in the midst of all this difficulty, I'm just like, I could go to jail for this. Like, I'm just literally waiting because someone like me will be the first person that gets tried under this rule. And they don't realize that this is not just electroshock therapy. It's, it's basically. You know, and that's that's like that's being painful for me to reckon with. So, yay! <laughs> for more depressing content, tune in next week. <laughs> Gosh, but um, what? Why are we keeping going? Like, I think let's just answer that. Like, why? Why? Why keep going after this? You can go first. I feel like I have an enormous amount of church hurt over the last <laughs> years, and not to be catchy or yeah, but it's true. Like, yeah. uh, but I'm just like I, I believe in it. I, uh-huh. I believe in ministry and getting ghosted by people, and you know what? I feel very, very painful. But I'm just like I believe in grace i believe in the church and at god's plan a um and we're gonna just move on i think there's that sense of call yeah um that i i feel like is still there Mm. um yeah i find i find it harder to answer that question than i've ever found it before Mm -hmm. um And I think, like, why I keep, why, it's not even I, we, I guess, keep going. Is because, like, amidst all of this, as hard as it's been, and there's been other stuff that's happened in the last year with church as well, and then we had someone really special in the church just pass away, and that's still, you know, really raw and fresh as well and sad. Um, in all of that, 
as much as I felt hurt by people, don't want to see people, I want to be at church. <laughs> mm-hmm. I still need the means of grace and I still want to be part of the body and I feel more empty as far as like giving and serving than I have in a long time but I still think it's the most important thing I'll ever do Mm mm-hmm And I think that returning to those things as we've always done and not just picking myself up by the bootstraps but working through the hurt and the sadness but still returning to that is the best thing for my soul and the best thing for me to learn to really love people again. Amen.